Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction in a fun and hopefully accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of the podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. Let me give a special shout out to our producer, Elijah Merrill. Uh, Anything that's done well in this podcast, he gets the credit. Anything else, thank you for being patient with me. I'm excited. Uh, This is a Christmas episode of our podcast. Anyone who knows me uh, knows that I'm sort of a Christmas junkie. Uh, And so we're going to jump in with uh, three of my colleagues and friends. We have Ryan Samuels here with us. He is uh, the Creative Arts Director here at Crosswinds. Ryan, thank you for being here with us. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited. we got Chris Taylor, who is our Family Life Pastor. He's here with us. Thanks, Chris, for being here. Merry Christmas. (laughs) And then we have Betty Ryan, our Executive Pastor, here as well. Good to have you with us, Betty. Great to be here. Well, we're going to do something a little different. This will either really work out really well, and we'll do something like it in future episodes, or it'll be a one and done. We'll see. Uh, We're going to take one of what I think is sort of the wildest account from the Christmas uh, story. Uh, That is the angel's appearance to the shepherds and their reaction. And we're going to discuss it a little bit from our perspective. If we were there, if we were the shepherds, how would we have uh, related to some of these events? We're not going to add to Scripture except maybe uh, what we would have been taking out of of what maybe uh, the shepherds themselves were thinking uh, that isn't recorded um, by Luke. Uh, but we're going to jump in. Let me, let me read the account, and then we'll get into our discussion. Uh, Luke 2, 8 through 20, and it reads this way. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angels had told them. Such an easy account to read, and when you read through it, it just seems so matter-of-fact. And I don't mean it wasn't. I mean, this happened, it occurred. I, I actually, several years ago, got to visit the shepherds' fields and and, and uh, sort of get a feeling for for where they were at when this happened to them, and had just visited the church in the nativity where where Jesus is said to have been born. So I have sort of an idea of, of how long it took them to get from point A to point B. Uh, but when I was sitting there, I, I read through the passages, and I thought to myself, that's a wild account. Like, you know, they're, they're going out doing what they did almost every night, which was to sort of take care of the, the sheep. 
they weren't expecting what, what was about to happen, you know, this, this amazing appearance of the angels. And so I just want to start, and again, we're not adding the scripture. We're just sort of saying if we were there, you know, we're using our five senses, right? Mm-hmm. If we were there and all of a sudden an angel appears out of nowhere and gives us his greeting, Ryan, w- w- what would be your reaction? I mean, <clears throat> so up until this point, it's what, centuries that they haven't heard from yes. God at this point? So. Just going about, I'm thinking about normal day, coming home from work or whatever, working out, and then just looking in the sky and just this bright light. I, the the reality of my situation of a fight or flight, I would probably run. I'd probably be so scared because I don't know what's going on. You hear all these conspiracy theories nowadays. I don't know what I would do. I would probably just run or call somebody or I have no clue what I would do. I think it's just so so crazy to think about. In, a, in one single instance that there's an angel of the Lord right in front of you and you have no clue how to – you've never seen one, you've never heard of one, it's been silent for centuries and you're now just in the presence of one. And and he says don't be afraid. So yeah. that gives us some idea of where the shepherds were. Yeah, and you, you hear the don't be afraid and I think a lot, well, don't be afraid. I'm not here to hurt you, you know. Well, how am I supposed to know at that moment? I don't know. Uh, that's something to put yourself in that situation is so foreign to where we're, you know, what I've experienced. Chris, what do you think? Well, as I I reread the passage, you know, before we recorded the podcast, and it just stood out to me that the angel appeared at night. Yes. And so I'm imagining that the shepherds were sleeping, or at least some of them were maybe dozing off, and then that's when that happens. You're like startled from your sleep. Um, you know, how are some, you when you get startled from when, your sleep? When something happens in the middle of the night, there's just disorientation and confusion. And, you know, my reaction is anger at first, like, what's going on? You know, why? who woke me up and why? You know, and um, just the other night, you know, Emerson came in our room. She had a bad dream and she went to Lisa's side and then the cat jumped on me. And I was like, the cat, what's going on? <laughs> like, it was just an aggravating I just picture experience. you getting up all upset saying, who woke me up? And I'm saying, he did. Yeah, I know. He's up in the sky know, right? as an angel. I right? mean, that's that's what you're startled from, this kind of, you know, restful moment at night. But also just the, 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 the bright light in the darkness. I mean, you know, first century middle of a, a pasture, it's really dark, right? Probably. I mean, there's no city lights or anything like that. There's no electricity to light up. So just a sudden burst of light would have been an overwhelming thing to experience. Absolutely. I think just overwhelming shock um, is probably how I would have reacted to it. And it seems like they might have too. At least we, we get sure. the one phrase, right? Yep. Uh, don't be afraid. Betty, what do you think? You know, not only does the angel appear, but eventually this whole choir of angels who's singing out this praise to God, this announcement uh, of the Christ child. Put yourself in their shoes. What what are you thinking? What's going on? Yeah, I think um, both Ryan and Chris said it really well, right? First of all, fear and not sure what's happening. And then waking up in the middle of the night, I thought about that same thing too. Where, what would I do in that? I would, it's that old analogy of like rubbing your eyes and thinking, wait, did I see that? Mm -hmm. And so I'd have to look it around. It says the shepherds. So we know there were more than one. I'd have to want to get in a meeting with them all, you know, and find out, did you see this? Are we seeing this correctly? What's what's going on here? But when they all come, I think it would be awe, you know, and you're humbled. And I was thinking about scripture where it says, every knee will bow, of course, before the Lord. 
But I thought about that when they see the angels, when they, maybe one, they could be confused and just not sure what's happening. But then when they see them all, to see them all, they're in awe and they bow. I, I would imagine they just go on their knees and they just don't know, don't even know what the next step is, speechless, humbled. From fear maybe to being overwhelmed, it is this yeah. humble awe yeah. uh, of the fact that this is taking place. Chris, why, why do you think the shepherds? You know, I mean, Luke spends a, a pretty large portion of the account that he writes uh, making sure we know, right, that the shepherds are are part of this invitation. I, I mean, I think throughout Scripture, I mean, God has empowered those who the world kind of knocks down, and so there's that. But I also think it just adds to the validity of the story. I mean, if you're if you're trying to start a movement, if if it was made up, right, and it's just people trying to start this movement. You're not going to use shepherds as your audience to spread the word because no one's going to listen to shepherds or believe what they said. They weren't thought very highly of. So I think it, it adds to the validity of the story in that why would God choose shepherds if it wasn't something that really happened? Like if it was just a make-believe, some a group of people are trying to create this stir about a so-called Messiah, you know, they would have tried to get someone rich and famous to be the 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 witness, right, and not not the lowly shepherds that people just didn't have a lot of respect for. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, in the shepherd field, if if you look out in one direction, you can you can see the lights of uh, Jerusalem. In fact, I was there, sort of at dusk, and you could you could see the lights started to come up, and so you wonder the shepherds are sitting there, you're hearing this proclamation, and he doesn't say he's born in the capital. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, he's born in Bethlehem, which yeah. is, you know, right where the other direction, actually, of where they would have looked if they were looking to Jerusalem. And I think that just makes your point even clearer. If you were going to pick a movement, you would start in the king's palace. But <laughs> yeah. now he's, he's going to be in a, in a stable, uh, which in the, in the Holy Land, it, it would have been a cave. So he was literally in like a, a cave is where they would have, where they would have had him. And, and so it's, it's an interesting picture there. And so picture yourself, Ryan, you're, 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 you're there, you're, you're now, you're heading from the fields, you come up upon this stable, mm-hmm. and, and there is Joseph, there's Mary, there, there's the you know, baby Jesus. You know, what's running through your mind? You know, you've already pushed away the little drummer boy. You're saying, why would you play your <laughs> drum in front of a baby? That doesn't make any sense. Well, you know, and there you are standing before baby Jesus, right? Yeah. It, it's God incarnate. Yeah. I, my first reaction probably would be to like lean to the person to my left and be like, is this... Is this him? Is this the? Is this who we've been waiting for? Um, because obviously they've they've traveled to this location, this cave, this stable, and you're amongst others. Obviously, you know they're they're in the stable. There's, as we probably can assume, there might be animals around. There might be you know, but at that moment, you're standing in the presence of someone who has been prophesied for a long time. You've probably heard, you know, that. well, at some point, someone's going to come to save, you know, all of humanity. And, you know, there's probably a little moment of doubt, like, well, maybe it's not him. Maybe it's, you know, you know, is it him? Do How do we know it's him? Um, but then you see the divinity of, I'm assuming, being in the presence of God isn't just normal. You know, I'm. I'm assuming there's there's probably this this revenance, this this all that you're in, seeing this little baby with Mary and Joseph sitting there, and you're just like, oh my goodness, this is who has come to save all of us, mm. all of us right here. And so, 
Betty, what do you what do you think? You know, you're coming up, and and here's Mary Joseph and, and his baby in, in his stable, and this is the promised one, the one the angels just announced. What's running through your mind? Yeah, I think the same thing. I might think, why me? Why did why did God choose me to see the Savior? You know, and uh, so that would make me doubt. And then I think about the disciples when Jesus was crucified. And they began to doubt, wait a minute, this isn't really real. Could this be? It would be almost like Thomas needing proof. I got to wait and see how this plays out a little bit and watch it go forward. But we don't read that in scripture, but I suppose they all had their own thoughts and ideas in their mind. And uh, it's so funny, even talking about this, it makes me wonder what they thought. You know, how will we know someday what did go through their minds individually? Was there a leader who said, no, I think this is it? And was there somebody else who said, no, probably not? And were there people um, causing some division? You mean among the shepherds themselves? Sure, among the shepherds themselves, sure. Mm -hmm. Chris, you know, it sort of stuck out to me as the angel appeared to the shepherds when they're just doing their ordinary jobs. You know, it's it's just sort of the, I mean, they're just going about their business and you know, I was wondering, what's this imply about what it means to be spiritual? Sometimes we get a we get the sense that spiritual is something other, yeah. you know, and yet, you know, here here really is is a profound worship service that happens in the midst of their workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, this this uh, this being this this declaration happening um, right out there in the field, and you know, how does how does God how does God speak to us in the ordinary of life and that idea of spiritual? You know, what's it mean to be spiritual? Well, for me personally, like something uh, in Scripture that I've really been just drawn to and attractive, attracted to more than I've ever been is, is you know, Jesus saying, uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And just that, that whole idea that the kingdom of heaven is not some faraway place, it's not some separate place that we're going to go to when we die. It, Jesus says it's at hand, it's within reach right now. And, and so it adds that sense of... of you know, the divine in the midst of everything, you know. Um, and so the ordinary is extraordinary when God is part of it and God's part of everything. Wherever we go, God is with us, right? And so sitting in this podcast studio right now, this is sacred, holy ground because, you know, the Holy Spirit, we're, we're the temples of the Lord and He's here with us. And, and so I think... Um, Everything that we do can be spiritual and is spiritual, and especially if we're doing it with with God in our minds and God in our hearts. You know, I I, I was thinking about this. You know, I feel like sometimes God speaks to me most often just when I'm parenting my kids or when I'm when I'm doing stuff so with my wife. Like I've had moments where I've I've said something to my kids or I've responded to my wife in a certain way, and it's been. Well, that was God, right? I mean, you know, God totally did something there. Or I've responded in a way and said, mm, I really needed God in that moment, you know? And I think that's where the spirituality of our whole being and our whole existence comes into play. That's so, good. Yeah. That's good. That's rich. That's rich. You know, some commentators, actually most commentators and most theologians point out that this is actually, the shepherds aren't just uh, getting this amazing announcement, but they actually become uh, the first witnesses yeah. uh, to, the, to the Christ uh, being born. And, and so they're leaving and, and they're, they're sharing with everyone as they're, as they're going, hey, we, we just saw, you know, we were just in the presence of um, God Almighty. And, and so, you know, Betty, when, when you think about that, not only, not only does God honor the shepherds, 
by by pronouncing this to them. But then he honors them really by recording the fact that the way that they leave the Christ child is through witness. You know, it says the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them. So, you know, what, 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 can you imagine that, you know, let's take ourselves not from the shepherds, but from the, from the onlookers, right, who are watching these shepherds, wondering, first of all, why aren't you out in the field? And, and then hearing the story. I mean, what, what's running through your mind then? I do love the idea that, again, it's more than one shepherd. So if, some, if one person comes up to you and wants to share something with you, you might question that one person, but it's not. It's many of them who got to see the glory of the Lord right there. And that's amazing. And I think, I think when the people begin to see, first of all, their excitement, the fact that, again, they, I imagine they are very humbled because he chose them. You know, he chose shepherds, not the rulers of the land, in order to share that with them. So they would be humbled and excited to share what they had just seen. And I almost think they're familiar with their setting in the evening. So they would have been able to say, you know, like when you see the stars in this place, but you should have seen this bright light start to take over, you know? So it would have been something that was familiar to them as they began to explain it. And I love how God was right in the middle of their life. It reminds us today that no matter where we are, he lives within us. And so it's in the midst of our lives that we can be witnesses for him. That's good. Ryan, the word, they, uh, you know, in at least the uh, passage we read in the translation is astonished. Mm-hmm. People were astonished uh, yeah. upon hearing the shepherds voices. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. I, as, as thinking about like an, an onlooker to, I'm, I'm assuming that the shepherds went immediately, right away, right after they left that stable, they headed straight into town and started telling people. And so I'm assuming the same thing, you know, it's at night, people are maybe winding down or they're sleeping and you hear all of a sudden these, these shepherds come into the town and they're saying, like Jesus is here, he's here, like God is here, he is, and so I, I imagine people waking up or stumbling out, and they're like, well, what's going on, what are you saying? And then hearing the story of like, no, I, we were we were just doing our job, we were working, and this bright light came to us, and it was an angel, and then all of a sudden, this this choir of angels started coming, and they started singing, and they said, you know, God is here go here, go to this spot. And we went there and sure enough, there's these two parents and a baby that's just in, you know, this manger and he's, and there's a, a kid drumming and like all of these things. <laughs> and he's like, and, and we're sitting there and, and we have this moment and like, oh my goodness, this is Jesus. And I think about kind of like in my life today, if someone came up to me and be like, you never guess what just happened. I just saw Jesus. Like, he's here. And I'd, I would be like, where? Huh? Who? You know, even though that I've been in the faith, you know, for a little bit, somebody said, Jesus is upon us. God is here. God is upon us right now. I would be so lost for words of like, well, I need to go now. I need, Where is he now? I need to go. And... So the word astonished, I don't know, there might be few times in my life where I've been completely astonished to the point where I, the only, the next thing that I want to do is to go do what that person just shared with me. And so being in the moment of them being astonished, I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure they didn't go back to sleep if they, if they believed it, you know, they're like, okay, well, 
here we go. I let's go do it. Let's go find, you know, this Christ child so that we can also to offer ourselves to him. You know, we want to see what God has promised. Mm-hmm. Chris, you know, we know what the shepherds did. You know, they go back to their flocks. Luke's really clear at saying that. And they're glorifying and praising God. You sort of get this idea of they're going back to the flocks and having this praise service, or however, however that looks among the shepherds. But what we don't know, we're not told, is the people who they tell this to, are, do they go to the, to the stable? We, we just, you know, we, Luke doesn't record that for us. We, we don't know. We just know they're astonished. Yeah. You know, sort of piggyback on what Ryan and Betty have been talking about here. So what, what's some of your thoughts there? My initial thought would be that most probably just sat with that information. And, and I mean, so I'm thinking that here come the, the shepherds, and they're like, we just saw the Messiah. And, and Jesus wasn't the first Messiah, right? I mean, right. There's a lot of these, these yeah, proclaimed right. false, messiahs false messiahs up to that point. But they're all, we just saw the Messiah, we just saw, and it's laying in a filthy manger as a baby. Like, maybe a lot of people are thinking, wow, they're nuts. <laughs> you know? Something weird happened on that field. They were drinking at the campfire, you know, or something like that, you know? And so I, I'm sure there's probably a lot of people just just sat and wondered, like... You know, to really, me, it really brings to my mind when you've had... Um, you know, our relation with God is built upon fact. It's not all feeling, but you, but you know what it's like to just have that that rush of feelings yeah. and, and when it has have an experience with God, and and you're trying to express that to somebody who maybe doesn't even know the Lord, yeah. and it doesn't really make much sense right. to them, and, and you just wonder if you know the angels have this amazing experience. I mean, it, it just you know, such a rare experience to not only just see an angel, mm-hmm. which they don't appear all the time in Scripture; they're very rare. Uh, in the way that they, they're described to us, at least in Scripture, um, and the way that they appear, this angelic choir, you know, and, and so they have, they're, they're having an experience. Yeah. And then they go and they see the Christ child. We, we know their response, but you're right, you know, you wonder if everyone got it, mm-hmm. you know, or like you're saying, I wonder how many of them just thought, I don't know what happened out there, but they are weird. You know, question, is, question for you. Do you think, I'm assuming it's not silent out in the field, and no, you got sheep out there. When, you got, yeah, when this noise. and this this choir comes in this bright light, do you think anyone in the nearby cities or towns saw or heard? Like, what's going? What's that big old bright light out? Is that the other city? Well, they could have been far enough out. The question I have is because the shepherd's fields is, is, is isn't just like like you know different shepherds took care of different people's sheep. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and, and so the question I have, and I, I can't answer it: How many shepherds were in enough yeah. proximity to be a part of this? Yeah, you know, was it one band? Was it a bunch of bands? Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, what time of night was it? We don't know. Right. Were people sleeping? Were you know? Back to it. Those are the things we don't. How know. How big is a field? Like we don't know if it, when we say there are shepherds, that's two or more. Yeah. So we don't know. Is it two? Is it twenty? You know, is it 100? We don't know. And, and that would change the whole, you know, Bethlehem's today isn't a huge city. It's a town. Uh, but back then it would have even been smaller. And so you figure, you know, if there's a crew of 10 or more walking through, the, and then who are they running into? You know, how late is this? You know, and, and all those questions. But, but yeah, there's a lot to, to sort of yeah. think and process there for sure. Well, and the, the immediate thing that happens afterwards, right, is, is Herod starts killing all these babies. Yes, and yes. And so... 
Yeah, not too long. Not too long afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah, people probably thinking, well, if that was the baby, they. Yeah, I mean, some could say that it happened. It could have happened two to three years afterwards. Sure. We don't know because sort of taking in a timetable of of how old the children were that he did it, but we, he also could have just been trying to say, hey, look, we don't know when the baby was born, and you know, there's a lot there. But yeah, you're right. I mean, not shortly thereafter, really, even if it was a few years, yeah, some right. uh, some tragedy uh, is happening there in Bethlehem, which was prophesied mm-hmm. as well. Um, final thoughts as we go around the table. We'll start with you, Ryan. We'll, 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 what, what, thoughts of the story. How, let me ask, let me make it more specific. What does this story mean to you in the sense of what, what's, what do you take from it? Mm-hmm. I remember my first, my first Christmas after saying yes to Jesus. I was, there was this moment of, uh, when I became a Christian and then my first Christmas, I was like, oh my goodness, I've never read the Christmas story from scripture. And I remember reading it on Christmas Eve. And that was probably one of the closer times I've been astonished because realizing that at this moment, we, you know, we're, we're estimating dates here, but at this moment that, you know, this is an, an almost an anniversary of Jesus coming to earth. Um, and, you know, the thoughts that I have about the story of the story and, and and the impact that it has, I guess, on everything that I do, of Jesus coming to save those who, you know, to save everyone but those who believe in him, and I'm just countless. I can't begin to say enough of when you read the Christmas story and you hear the who who it was spoken to and who was charged to go and tell everybody. You know, it really puts into perspective that, you know, one, no matter what you're doing in your everyday life, you have a purpose and God is wanting to equip you in that. But two, also that you could witness no matter what you're doing and whenever and whatever time, because you hear, like like we've been talking about, you hear, you know, just... The first thing that they went and did is they went and witnessed. Yeah, absolutely. They didn't go back to their job. They didn't say, oh, I got to go herd the sheep, because I'm sure all the animals had scattered. Well, they are heading that way. Yeah. (laughs) They do go back to their job, it says. They do it as they're heading to their job. But I'm sure at this, like, the sheep and everything are, like, just scattered. I don't know where they would (laughs) have went, but, you know, their first, you know, one of their first things is like, we got to tell people about this thing. How about you, Chris? Um. As I read it, you know, I, I, I mentioned earlier that just the the fact that it was dark when it when the light shone, and my mind just went to John one where it says, you know, Jesus is the light, and He will be the light of men, and the light has not been overcome by the darkness, and and that just stood out to me that here's here's the announcement of the Messiah being born is this bright light penetrating the darkness, and that darkness has not been overcome, and and to to be in the Christmas season just there's that hope-filled essence to the Christmas season of this light in the world that desperately needs it. And and that's kind of what, as I've read the story over and over again through the years, that's what stood out to me this year in particular. That's great. Yeah. Betty? I think through our discussion, something comes up in, in my mind, and it's when Jesus teaches, he always talks about those with ears to hear. You know, and I feel like uh, if if the hearts of the people who heard the shepherds and the shepherds themselves were soft enough and willing enough, it would be the Lord that would speak into them and help them understand the truth of what was. And so it reminds me, even in my own life, to always have ears to hear, to be soft to what God is doing and um, ready for the amazing things he wants to teach me. 
Yeah, I think for me, the, the you know, to sum up sort of our time together is when I look at any of the accounts in Scripture, you know, where it's talking about God interacting with people, it, it just reminds me, you know, that, that I want to make sure the soil of my heart mm-hmm. is ready to receive what he wants to say to me. You know, and and um, and and I'm thankful that we have this beautiful account of shepherds who are willing to respond, and, and because they're willing to respond, we have this beautiful picture of God's grace uh, going to the the lowest of the low. For whatever reason, during the time of Christ, shepherds weren't looked upon uh, very kindly. Uh, we don't know why, but that's how they sort of became. And uh, in the time of Christ, and yet God chose them. And, you know, I think anyone who's listening uh, to this podcast, no matter where you find yourself, God has chosen you. He, he wants you to be in relationship with him. Jesus died for our sins, resurrected for our salvation. In fact, the scripture says he humbled himself by taking humanity upon his divinity when he came so that we could be in relationship with him. And I think the greatest uh, choice any of us can make at Christmas, if we haven't already made it, is to receive him. And then the greatest choice those of us who receive him can make is to continue to be open uh, to what he has for us and to believe that he has amazing plans for our life. and But he invites us uh, to be a part of that. And so I hope this Christmas season that this sort of gets you uh, into the Christ, uh, Christmas account. Uh, I challenge you to get, get into the Gospels and, and just look at the beautiful picture of what God has done for us, uh, leaving the splendor of heaven and coming to earth. He, he, didn't, he didn't call us to his neighborhood. He came right into ours. And what a, what a beautiful picture of love uh, that really is. I hope you join us next week as we continue on in our Christmas series podcast. Remember to check out crosswinds.church. That's where you can find out all things Crosswinds, a little more about the podcast. For now, be blessed and bless others. Mm-hmm.